Welcome back to the Boss Podcast. <laughs> Why am I so crazy? Welcome back. Um, thank you for listening. I know you're listening to this because I'm talking to you, obviously. Today we have another special guest, Trinice Warner of Glass Skin Company. I would love to tell you all about it, but let's just let Trinice do that herself. Yeah, I don't know what else to say besides like the conversation is about to happen right now. Here we go. So, so tell me a little bit um, about the the business, Glass Skin Company. I said that right, right? Yes, Glass Skin Company. <laughs> a lot of people call it Glass Skin Co. And I'm like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> but yeah, it's Glass Skin Company. Uh, it is a skincare uh, brand that's based here in Los Angeles. And we primarily focus on delivering products that are free of overly sensitizing ingredients at a price point that's accessible. So, you know, we just say it's quality skincare that is easy to understand and obviously it's accessible. All our products are free of parabens, silicones, harsh alcohols and surfactants, dyes, fragrances, and essential oils, which are all things that don't necessarily like cause issues with everybody's skin, but if you have a very sensitive skin, you may not be receptive to those products. And I was kind of inspired to start this line because growing up, I always had an issue finding products that didn't like break my skin out or didn't give me like some type of like itchy reaction. I had very sensitive skin as a kid. I had eczema. I had um, like allergy induced acne. It was horrible. I was walking like I was shopping in Pasadena one day and I got called into Sephora by this rep from this really high-end clean beauty brand. She was giving me this whole spiel about the brand and I was sold. I spent like 400 bucks that day. And this was like big wow. for me because yes, <laughs> I like I I'm just out shopping. I'm like, oh no big deal. Like, all right, let me go spend four hundred dollars on skincare. And I got home and I started using the products and I realized one, these products did not make my skin react in the way that they normally do. So I started reading up on this um, on like the brand's philosophy and and actually on the ingredients. I went to grad school for um, environmental engineering and my research focused on material development and chemistry. So at this point in my life, I obviously have like the chemistry acumen and the background to really understand what all these chemicals are and what they do. So I'm reading and I start to realize that there's a distinct difference between these high end luxury, if you will, products compared to like what I was using these drugstore brands as a kid. And then I started, um, I started thinking about how like as a child, I, or even just as a young adult, I would have never been able to have this experience, like this positive experience with my skin, because this is completely priced out of my reach. When I was experiencing as a kid, I internalized that as, oh my gosh, there's just something wrong with my skin. Nothing worked for my skin. When in reality, 
it wasn't my skin. It was the fact that these products were never designed to be used by me and my skin type in the first place. So I started doing research on the market and trying to figure out like, all right, what is quality at this price point? And what, you know, what is like the industry standard? And I found a hole <laughs> and I filled it. So that's how, um, that's how Glass Skin Company came to be. And um, we serve people of all demographics and we're able to do that because we focus on hydration and we focus on only selecting ingredients that basically support the health of the skin and are not necessarily for aesthetic purposes. So just take me back to that moment again, like where it all clicked for you. Like you said, you found a hole. Where were you sitting? What were you looking at? What was your bodily reaction like when you're just like, oh my God, I can do this? Well, I was actually, um, I was chatting with a friend because at this point in my journey, I'm like deep into it. I'm like, yeah, you need to find something with propanediol and you need these glycogenes, humectants. And I'm like, I'm giving it to my homegirls. Like, this is what you need. And I'm trying, I'm bringing in like my chemistry background and I'm just like telling them all these ingredients and it's not really clicking for them because they don't, like, they don't speak this language, this jargon, if you will. They don't get it. And on top of the fact, I'm suggesting products to them that are $90 a bottle. So I had to recognize that there, although I didn't grow up with this, obviously there's a level of privilege that comes with that, right? When they were like looking at me crazy, that's when I realized like, I, you're never going to be able to win over majority of the consumer base because majority of the consumer base doesn't, they're not, they're not ever going to opt to do that when they can just go and purchase something from CBS for like nine bucks. Cause that's what most people do. Right. They do something that looks good. That's under $10. And then they purchase it. They try it out. If they love it, cool. If they hate it, it doesn't matter because it's nine bucks. But if you hate something that's $90, like then what are you going to do? When you think of people of color in the beauty industry, we're always an afterthought. You know, a couple of years ago, Rihanna, she launched uh, Fenty Beauty and right. she released that 40, the 40 shade foundation. And that was the first time everyone tripped over themselves to acknowledge the fact that black people existed, right? Because you have this high status black woman finally saying, hey, you said that you couldn't give us 40 shades. Here it is. So now when, we, when you go into Sephora, you see all these brands with all these shades. And then most recently, after Floyd incident, everyone in the beauty industry, I mean, everyone pretty much like nationally, if not globally, decided that they wanted to acknowledge Black people. But in the beauty industry specifically, where it has been such a pervasive issue for years of like black and brown consumers being put on the back burner, again, tripped over themselves to like publish their diversity demographics and talk about all these initiatives they're gonna do to bring in um, black and brown creatives into the brands. People are now starting to realize that you can't just put a product out on the shelves without considering if it is not necessarily accessible, but like if it could even be used by everyone. Yeah. And I, I feel like too, that, you know, these big brands, you know, they're, they aren't spending the money to test on black and brown people because they don't really care, you know, right? 
we're gonna buy it probably if it's all that's at the stores. You're you're like hitting it right on the head. People are not even to this day, like now we're in the 20, like the 2020s. It's so weird to say a hundred years later, <laughs> years later, there are products to where like they're formulated and they may go out to like a market group, but you don't know what the demographic of that market group is. And it's not until it hits the market and you realize like, oh, I thought you said this was for everybody. Lie again. No, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's meant for everybody. And then if you want to buy it, you're going to buy it because it's the only thing that you have available to buy. So, you know, how did you figure that part of it out? Like what what you learned in, in school that then allowed you to like mix these ingredients and figure this this sort of uh, lane path out for yourself? When I originally got admitted to get my PhD at the University of Southern California, and I was studying environmental engineering, my focus was on 2D material development um, for wastewater treatment. So and it's, it's like a mouthful, right? It is. Um, <laughs> basically, I studied atomically thin materials to create membranes to, to clean poop water. Okay. And doing that, I ha- it, it's like novel research. So you're pretty much inventing new materials. I focused on like nanocomposites, which required me to obtain like a very heavy chemistry acumen. So yeah, like mixing together water and propanediol and all these other glycols and figuring out the order to put them in, that was easy. And also in grad school, I, I had the opportunity to learn how to look at chemical groups and figure out how they were going to react. I can look at something and tell you if it's soluble or how relatively soluble it is compared to like other things. If the vapor pressure is high, will it mix well with certain ingredients? What type of reaction will make it? That comes second nature to me at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting <laughs> to hear you talk about you're, you're relying on science. You know, you're looking at like scholarly articles. I don't think that skin chemistry and cosmetic chemistry is too far of a leap from other types of chemistry. For instance, like if you were a chemical engineer and you went to school for chemical engineering, you could work for Clorox. You could work for um, a beauty brand and develop skincare. You could develop new food products because chemistry is one of those universal subjects that you need in every avenue of product development that you can go anywhere. I could drop this and go go back to inventing new materials for wastewater if I wanted to. Something that that I see a lot or I feel like is pervasive, you know, when you're a black person, you're a black person who has a business, people want to sort of box you in like, oh, you can only serve this this sort of clientele or whatever. Does that happen for you? Do you ever worry about alienating your audience or your potential audience? You know, what are some of the some of the dynamics of being a black owned business in the beauty space? A lot of Black-owned businesses will oil, spatial oil this and body butter, coconut salve. You know, they pretty much took the marketing that 
a lot of mainstream white-led groups use to market products towards Black people and just marketed their own products towards Black people. So you cannot be surprised when only Black people buy your products. Mm. Here's the thing. There are certain things that are like intrinsically Black, like cocoa butter. That's a, that's like when you somebody walk past you and they just like lather themselves down with cocoa butter and you you get that whiff like you just know because because that's part of your experiences growing up. But what a lot of people don't realize is that one of those ingredients are in a lot of body care products across the market, even products that are not necessarily marketed to black people. Like Lush, a lot of Lush's products are cocoa butter based. You wouldn't know that because they don't cocoa African queen you to death when it comes down to their marketing and their ads and everybody buys their products. So I think ultimately it just you just have to decide as a business owner. Are you going to allow this to stifle you? Are you, is your goal to only serve, only serve black people? Or are you just a black owned business here to serve? There's two different things. I love your philosophy on that. <laughs> Thank you. It's like off the top of my head, like things I'm just thinking about. We're, we're coming out with a body care line. So the question was actually like very timely. You know, as I'm as I was doing the product development for Body by Glass, I started to I, obviously I'm going to pick ingredients that that I'm familiar with and that work for my skin. But I'm also going to be doing research for what other people do on the market. And that's when I realized that a lot of these big name brands that you wouldn't necessarily think are for black people, they use the same type of products that we're used to. They're just not marketed to us. You mentioned before that buying, buying products was like maybe not challenging but it provided a level of confusion so like you being a black woman you know does that inform your your practice at all you know going into the product but also into your marketing too you know like does it inform your practice at all i'm just curious really so with regards to like our formulations it does um all of our formulas are hydration focused just because i know that my skin and and the skin of people of color tends to run a little bit drier. Uh, As well as the fact that a lot of other types of products, they don't work as well without hydration in mind. So you want to think of water as like the vehicle for other things in your skin. So let's say you have hyperpigmentation. You can exfoliate and add all types of lightening agents all day, but you're probably not going to see any results if your skin's dehydrated. Um, which is why a lot of times we have those types of issues. So um, we have like a standard base formula. If you go to the website and you look at the ingredients, you'll notice like the same seven or eight ingredients in every single product. I call it our hydration pack. It's really just a mix of like glycols and other humectants that support overall skin health. So that kind of like leads to practice. And with regards to like marketing, instead of trying to figure out, okay, how do I directly reach black people? I just be my unapologetically black self all the time. And this is the same, I want to say this is the same method I use in like my professional life as well. When I was in college, as you can imagine, being an engineer, I was the only one. And I've always been the only one in every space that I occupy Uh, in undergrad, I was the only one in my entire graduating class and program in general for the whole three years I was there. In grad school, I was the only one in our entire program. 
So I've learned that when you want to serve as like a level of representation or you want to be seen in a space by people who look like you, just be yourself and don't and don't feel bad about that. So when I get on my Instagram page and I'm speaking and I'm posting like it is as me, it's my personality, it's who I am. And if you love it, then that's cool. And if you don't, then go find someone else that you love. Well, I really appreciate you, Trinice, coming on and, and talking with me. This has been great. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I'm going. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, people, I want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Boss Podcast. If you enjoyed that episode, if you enjoyed hearing um, about Trinice, you should definitely go check out her website, glassskin-co.com, and check out some of our amazing products. This is The Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Austin If you know people who maybe would be interesting to have on the show and you want to see them get a little bit of shine, definitely reach out to me. You know where to find me. And on that note, I'm out.